Uh, tonight, uh, we hear, of course, of the arrival of, of John the Baptist, uh, second Sunday of Advent. And the principal question that I'd like us to be able to answer on the test after Mass is why John the Baptist? Why John the Baptist? Now, there's going to be more to it than that, but if, if you can answer that question, that would be a success. Why John the Baptist? Now, last week, um, I had everybody consider one or two failings, faults, personality defects, uh, repetitive sins, you know, that kind of thing. Consider over the week, over the course of the week, one or two of those things that, that uh, we would all work on, or you would, we would work on individually throughout Advent. So, you know, that was, uh, you know, maybe impatience or being judgmental or uh, quick to anger, resentment. Oddly enough, at all three towns, I forgot, of all the suggestions I made, I forgot to mention everybody's favorite sin in a small town, gossip. So that was supposed to elicit much more of a humorous response than came forth. They thought it was funny in Ash Fork, so they must have been thinking about you guys. Um, <laughs> but these are just suggestions. I mean, it may not be, um, I know in small towns that's, that's, that's uh, you know, because nobody gossips in the city, right? Um, but, uh, you know, to pick one or two of these things, character flaws, you know, stuff we, we struggle with that we want to work on. Now, an analogy for why, the, why John the Baptist. Um, perhaps we might consider, consider the railroad. Um, consider the, the great human achievement of connecting, you know, the East Coast to the West Coast. Having to build this railroad and all of the, the effort that, that it took to, you know, to go through the mountains and the forests and, you know, you got valleys and peaks and all the rest. You have to go around them or you have to cut through them. Um, it's, it's amazing. I remember one time I was on a train in Western Austria and I was going to Bregenz, Austria. And um, it was one of the coolest train rides I'd ever been because, you know, you got the Alps and you're going underneath for, for you know, I mean, you're going under a, a, a mountain, you know, these huge mountains. You're not going to go over them. So you cut holes through them. And then it would, uh, you'd go for like a mile or something and it would be, maybe it was longer. And then it would open up and there'd be this valley. And this valley would just go, just, I mean, it was incredible how steep, you know, the, the mountain was. And there'd be a little town there. And then into another tunnel. And then it'd open up again and then there'd be this huge town. Just considering what it would take, you know, before we had a lot of the, the resources we had to, uh, to undergo such an engineering task, right? The, the railroad in America or anywhere else connecting people, you know, making the paths straight so that people can get from one town to another. Uh, clearing away uh, areas of the forest or cutting through, you know, the, the mountains to, to make a path so that there can be a way to get to a destination. Isaiah is quoted in the gospel. And uh, Isaiah is quoting something that John the Baptist is going to say. 
But it's not really quoting then, it's predicting what John the Baptist is going to say. Make straight his paths. Which is interesting. You know, why doesn't God make straight the paths? Because we're being told that we need to make straight the paths, not God. We need to make straight the paths for him. And this is what John the Baptist comes to say. You know, it's, it's like clearing away all of, all of the brush and the woods and cutting through the mountains and, you know, creating this straight path so that there is a path for Christ to walk right into our hearts, right into our hearts. That's what it's about. And the, that which needs to be cleared away, you know, is the impatience or the, the judgment, the, the, you know, be, the being a victim or, or the resentment. Um, the gossip, you know, whatever it is. Everybody's got their list. <laughs> Everybody's got a long list. But at the top of the list, there tend to be a few things that we are our favorites. And so during Advent, what, what I'd really like all of us to do is to look at those and say, okay, I need to clear those away. You know, I need to, I need to cut a straight path. And those things get in the way of the Lord coming to our hearts. That's what John the Baptist came to say. A baptism of repentance. Look, you have to, you have to repent of, of your sins to receive the Savior. I mean, if we don't acknowledge that we have sins that need to be forgiven, why would we await a Savior? Right? Why would we want a Savior to come? If we didn't, uh, you know, if you speak of Jesus as the divine physician, then we would consequently have to say, well, there's something about me that's ill or sick, you know, sin or uh, you know, personality defects or, or difficulties that perhaps I'm not totally responsible for, but they're here and I have to deal with them. You know, I've got to make myself better to prepare a way for Jesus to enter my heart. That's what the season of Advent is for. That's what John the Baptist was for. You know, God didn't have to send John the Baptist really, but according to his plan, he wanted the people to understand first that the book before you receive a savior, you need to recognize that you need saving. We heard in the gospel, uh, you know, all these people from the region, but the whole of Gal or the whole of Jerusalem were going out to be baptized by John. Imagine the whole of the whole of Williams coming into the church to listen to Father John or, you know, going out somewhere to repent of their sins all together. The entire town got it. They understood. I think it's more difficult now. I think in earlier times, people understood what they lacked. They understood that they needed a Savior. They understood sin in a, in a much more clear way. And things have gotten foggy. Things have gotten unclear. We don't want to call sin, sin. We like to call evil good and, and sometimes call good evil. It gets confusing. And so the season of Advent can cut through all of that, uh, all of that darkness of the intellect that afflicts postmodern man. It can clear that away. We can just be rigorously honest with ourselves without reference to anyone else or to any other you know, opinion, just ourselves, look at ourselves and say, okay, I'm going to be honest. What do I need to clear away to make a path for Jesus? That's how we're going to celebrate Christmas with greater joy 
and greater vigor. That's going to make it even more of a triumphant solemnity in just a few short weeks. Please stand.